Welcome to On The Map. I'm Lee Carriher, your host. I'm the CEO and founder of Double Forte, a national independent public relations, social media, and communications agency. We are on a mission to help companies from the solopreneur to the mid-cap market maker achieve their goal, get on the map, be known for what they're great for, and make a difference in the world. At the end of the show, which is about 20-ish minutes, I will share with you how to become a guest on the show. So please stick around for that. In the meantime, here's the next 23, 24 minutes of greatness in marketing communications and helping people get on the map with real life advice. Here we go. everybody. I'm Lee Carraher, and this is On The Map, where we talk about how to get on the map for something that you're not known for. And today, I am so excited to have Andy Kramer with me. Andy Kramer, I met by circumstance many moons ago when I was on um, doing speaking engagements. Well, still doing them, but for my first book, Millennials in Management, I went to, I was invited to go to Chicago to speak at a women's law lawyers group. And so I did. And I walked in to meet the organizer and she said, oh my gosh, Andy Kramer's coming. Andy Kramer's coming. I'm from San Francisco. I'm not a lawyer. I'm like, who's Andy Kramer? It sounds awesome. So, and then Andy Kramer came in the room who you can see here. And, um, she, everyone went like, oh, she is there. She is. I'm like, oh my God, she's like a peanut. And how come she's so awesome? And then I talked to her for 10 minutes and oh my goodness, she is awesome. So Andy Kramer is one of the national um, recognized people. When I first met her on tax um, law, she's in Chicago um, and she and her husband also have written books, which we'll talk about at the, later in the podcast. Um, but she has a lot to say about how she's pivoted in the last couple of years around cryptocurrency and become known for that. So first of all, thank you, Andy, for joining us. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you, Lee. I'm so glad to be here. So first of all, can you tell everybody a little bit about your background in the tax law world? And then we'll start talking about what happened a couple of years ago. Okay. Well, I've been doing tax for as long as I've been practicing law, which is a long time. And um, uh, I, I write and speak and advise clients on financial products and derivatives taxation and have been doing that. Over the years, the world shifts and changes, and I try to stay up on the new developments. But um, I'm uh, the author of a treatise on the taxation of financial products and derivatives and try to, uh, you know, try to advise clients on whatever questions they've got for me. Awesome. So when I met you, you were also, you and your husband were working on, um, you had written a couple of, of a book and you're working on getting it published. Um, and uh, let's talk about that first. So when I met you, you had a book in your head, you'd had an outline and you and your husband, Al, needed to get it published. And we connected you with um, the publisher I had for my first book and they published your first book, which was awesome. And it's all about, it's totally different than tax law. <laughs> so, but it's written 
through the lens of you, um, it's breaking through bias, um, communication techniques for women um, to succeed in the workplace. And I have uh, talked about this book and I've given it to so many people all the time, um, but it has nothing to do with tax law. Um, and then you um, all of a sudden were like on the, on the, on the circuit, doing speaking, doing all this stuff. So tell us how you went from being known for tax law to being known as an expert in bias in the workplace. Well, first of all, uh, being a woman lawyer and in a senior leadership position uh, is inevitable that you're going to get introduced to bias because the unfortunately our workplaces are biased workplaces. And so writing about breaking through bias was really just evo an evolution of the experiences that I'd had that I've I'd advised other women to ways to overcome them and had gotten to the point where it felt that it was important to get a bigger audience for what, what I had to say. And I went to my husband and asked him if he would write it with me because I thought a male perspective as well as a female perspective would be very, first of all, different um, and useful in the, in the workplace. And so you're right, when I met you, we had three quarters of a book finished and not a publisher that we hadn't buttoned down and you did make that introduction. Breaking Through Bias um, is now in its second edition and awesome. we have a second book. It's not you, it's the workplace. Women's also Conflict awesome. at Work. Well, thank you. <laughs> and um, so it wasn't really much of a pivot. It wasn't really much of a change, except that it was by writing the books, it was another way of demonstrating that, yes, we had the expertise and we had something important to say. So for you, the book was the calling card on this topic that people may not have considered as you as an expert. Women would have considered you as an expert on it because you got so you you were a senior person in Chicago in the national law world. We would have known, right, that you had something to share, but maybe not the business world at large would not have known that you had something applicable for their businesses too to share. So the for you, the book was the calling card, um, and then around the book. Um, what are the things that you did to get the book noticed? Well, one of the things that um, is important, I mean, these are things that uh, people who've written books have very different experiences, but writing my financial product book is a whole different world than writing a book about bias. And so the financial the, the sort of the, the academic press world is fundamentally different from what they call the trade press world. Um, but what we found was we got, had a lot of people who we had um, reached out to, their stories were in the book, um, we shared pieces of it, and you turn to your friends and the people that you've um, uh, worked with come across in your, in your, um, you know, in this journey, basically, 
And um, you have to ask them if they'll give you a hand. And the way to do that is to buy a copy, to write a review, to say something positive. And uh, it, um, it makes all the difference in the world. So you have, to, you have to be prepared to ask, which sometimes is uncomfortable, especially for women, because we're trained to not be asking for things. Right. You also um, published a lot. You, I remember when you got your first HBR uh, article, Harvard Business Review, which made a huge impact. I know um, in your social media, because um, I saw it, I was just watching it go click, 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 click from afar. Um, and so by not only asking your friends for help and some, you know, those of us who write books and we, oh gosh, you have to ask for friends and you always hear it. Can you please buy a book, pre-order the book? And now it's become even more of a, a thing than when we started uh, publishing our book, Sandy, but it's true. It is true. The pre-order, the review, the stars, they matter. And if your friend has a book, spend the 20 bucks. Just buy the darn book. Buy the darn book, will ya? Um, and but I think what you said is really important. You have to ask, and um, you can ask once, and people might, you know, probably fifty percent of the people will do it for you. But if you have a crappy product, they're not going to do it for you a second time. So, um, and that, but for yourself, I imagine that when you went back with your second book, you had a bigger uptake on your second book from your friends and family because your first product was so good and your second one was an expansion, such a big expansion of it. Well, I think that it is important. You know, you, you can ask, somebody will do you a favor, but they will do you a favor once. You're right. right. You really have to be providing value and you have to come up with ways that it's a win-win for everybody. Exactly. Which is a great um, segue to my next question. So in the last couple of years, you um, not only have uh, are known as the a tax lawyer par excellence, but now you're um, recognized as an expert in cryptocurrency taxation and law is what I think. Um, mm -hmm. And that happened very quickly, just in the last year or two, right? Yes. And so tell us how that happened and, and sort of what happened, particularly as COVID was hitting in, in March 2020, um, all the things you had going, I guess, dried up and you had to move fast. So tell us what happened uh, then. Well, when COVID, when COVID hit, um, there were a lot of things that went sideways or upside down or backwards or whatever. <laughs> and what I found was that a lot of my clients who had pending projects that we were working on, they just froze. They didn't, they, they didn't know, is this gonna be a month or two or three or what are we gonna do? And so I found myself in March, the end of March of 2020, looking at a day or two or three where <laughs> I didn't have full capacity with my clients mm -hmm. and what was I going to do? I wanted to be certain that I was fully engaged, that I was providing some value to my law firm. And so I decided that I had started to pay close attention to the tax issues with respect to cryptocurrency, which um, there's very little on it. And so I tried to sort it out. And so I wrote 15 short 
memos on di different aspects of the tax treatment of crypto transactions mm -hmm. and gave it to my our marketing people at my firm and they they did them as little you know blogs and sent them around and by the end of 2020 the national law journal had named me their 2020 go-to thought leader in cryptocurrency and uh jd supra named me their thought leader in cryptocurrency tax for um 2021 and so literally thousands and thousands of people were reading my stuff mm -hmm. and were calling me mm -hmm. and so it allowed me to expand what i was doing mm -hmm. it allowed me to learn something that was important to learn, gave me an opportunity to do it. And instead of sitting around and wringing my hands about what was I going to do today that was going to be valuable, I just sort of jumped right in. So what I heard you say was, so your the work that all the projects you were on sort of dried up immediately. And, um, but there was number one. And number two, that cryptocurrency obviously was coming on. And if I remember cryptocurrency in 2020, I mean, the value was going like this and then like that and like this, and it's still doing that in 2021. <laughs> this, and it's all, you know, it's like, how do you even value this stuff? And can you pay with it? And, all, and can you donate all these things? Right. Mm -hmm. um, and it is a challenge. I know that we have been asked at Double Forte, you know, should we take for our nonprofit um, clients, should we accept cryptocurrency for donations? I'm like, oh. well, I've got a, I've got a thought of, I've got a very long special report on that. Awesome. I will sharing. Google that later. You can yes. send it to uh -huh. the studio. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> we'll have it in our links. How about that? We'll have a link to the report yeah. in our show notes page, but, um, but there's obviously a void of information from um, serious people who know that there is a consequence for every action. Um, and basically you just dove in, you research, 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 you took what you knew, and then you created, just created great content. And 50, I think there's two things on that. One is that you became an expert, not just because you guessed, because you did the research. And obviously you have this background that you can apply to the current situation. Right. And then two, you know that volume matters, right? 15 articles, 15 things that your marketing department could then do something with is it's more than one a month, right? So in marketing, we always say, you know, you got to do something once a month, once a month email, something. But you did 15 that's some, you know, and that, and they just put it into their machine, basically, is what I'm guessing. Yes, no, they, they did. That's right. right. That's right. And I could have easily, I started writing it, it was one document. Mm -hmm. And I realized that it would be more useful as 15 pieces. Right. Um, and so there's 15 different links, that's 15 different titles, that's 15 different blog posts or LinkedIn posts or whatever. Um, and unlike the book, which relied on your friends and family to really get moving in the Amazon, you know, all the online mm -hmm. stuff, this was totally professional in the realm of what you were doing, just a different topic that was new and needed right. that was put into the regular lawyer machine right it did it right it out. generated it did it on its own did it on its own so i mm -hmm. think the common thing obviously between the two of them is great content well researched right and then lots of it 
lots of it because um, one, although a book is a calling card, it's the stuff you do around a book that gets people interested in the book, right? It's the podcast mm -hmm. interviews, it's the HBR posts, it's the LinkedIn, it's the newsletters, all that stuff. And then on this cryptocurrency expertise, expert status, it's slicing and dicing your subject matter material into places so that it can be used multiple places and multiple times in a professional setting, not counting on your friends and family to carry it and write reviews for you, but be, fills a void of information, right? And then the other thing behind that is it's valuable. Everything, it's of service on um, both things for your book and for your cryptocurrency information. It's of service to a needy, I'll just call them needy, a needy audience. Fills we, a need. It, it, fills a, fills a need. it does fill a need. Absolutely fills Correct. a need. Um, the, you said um, we, when we were talking before, I have two questions. One is, um, tell us about Frank. And then two is, I want to ask you about filling a need when you're a woman versus filling a need when you're a man. So okay. let's, ask, right. let's talk about Frank first. Okay. Who's Frank right. and Frank. why don't you want to do one? Okay, well, back, in, it, it, it's a long, long time ago, um, I knew a man, a lawyer, his name is Frank, and uh, he came up with a brilliant idea that was enormously popular until the tax laws changed. And then his idea did not work in the context of the way he had structured it. But instead of thinking about what could he do with his knowledge and what could he do to um, advance this idea and make it useful in the new world, mm -hmm. the new tax world, he just sat at his desk waiting for, I'm not sure what he was waiting for, but he was sitting at his desk waiting and he eventually left the firm and actually stopped practicing law. Okay. And in that sort of became a, 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 what do you don't want to be? Well, you don't want to sit at your desk and just wait for something to happen as if it's going to happen on its own. And so my husband and I, who both knew Frank, will, whenever things are slow or confused or um, it, 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 it's not going the way you want, we'll look at each other and say, well, I don't want to do a Frank. And that's, in fact, how I started working on the cryptocurrency articles, mm -hmm. which was I wasn't going to be, I didn't want to be Frank. Right. So you didn't want to be irrelevant in the new world. And you had something, you knew how, you, you knew how to take what you knew and move it forward. Yeah, but and you don't, you, you got to jump. Yeah, but you gotta, yeah, exactly. You gotta, you gotta take the leap. And yeah. that's, and that's scary sometimes. Mm -hmm. And in many ways that goes to your second question, yeah. which is the difference between women and men and leadership, right. which is that because of the way we grow up, very often girls are told, don't get your dress dirty. Don't tear your tights, be a good girl. The studies show that girls, by the time they're three or four years old, if you give them a present that they don't want, they will struggle to say thank you and act as if they like it. Boys will look you right in the eye and say, this is stupid and I don't like it. And 
that's the whole difference is how how do we interact with other people this is communication issues but because of it girls grow up to be women who don't want to cause a fight don't want to rock the boat don't want to tear their tights don't want to get their dress dirty and so very often boys will and they grow up will take a chance they'll give it a try they don't have to be one million percent sure that they've got it all sorted out we, women will hold ourselves back and so one of the things we need to do is we need to give ourselves permission to not be perfect give ourselves permission to give it a try and looking at those cryptocurrency articles, I could have written 15 articles that nobody ever read. But I, if you don't, you know, if you don't try, you don't get to go anywhere. Mm -hmm. And so I was prepared to make that investment. So awesome. We all have things to offer, but if we don't jump on it and move and then share it with the world, it won't matter. You can't get on the map for anything, right? Something exactly. from your first book sort of comes through at the same time about getting on the map because you told me and it's in your first book about, um, you know, often you you've been the only woman in a room, you are diminutive in stature. And you said, you know what, Lee, what I do, I go in and I take up a lot of space, I bring all my books, I spread them all out. So I take up a lot of space. And then if I get ignored, I get, you know, I'm trying to say something, I get ignored. Here's this was the gene. So one was take up a lot of space. Two was the piece of genius. Gosh, I'm thirsty. You stand up, you go to the corner of the room, you, you stand there, pour the water for yourself and don't move. And then you comment from the, where the table is, you know, where the water is and say, I have a thing to add. Therefore, everybody has to turn their head and look at you. Right. And by definition, you are on the map right then because you interrupted the course of action there. You interrupted the modus operandi and made everybody change their um, their attitude, their physical attitude. Um, and I think that was also so brilliant when I've used so many times. Uh, if I only knew that when I worked for that Japanese company for six years, that would have helped me a lot. But, uh, <laughs> but it's the same idea, right? You have to interrupt, be willing to do something different, be willing to make people watch you, right? Even if it's uncomfortable for yourself, demand attention in appropriate ways. So in the office, it was to take up space and then to move to the other side of the room so everyone had to look at you. For your first book, it was to ask for help from your friends and family and to put yourself out there. And for your cryptocurrency, it was to research and then articulate 15 different things that then you demanded your marketing team put into their engine, which resulted in you being named the top person in cryptocurrency tax law uh, in the country by not one, but two hugely influential um, industry organizations. So it's all about doing something, making people pay attention to you. And, and yeah, it's nerve wracking. But go do it. You have something to offer. You're an inspiration. Well, I, I I'd like to inspire some of your some of your guests, you know, some of your um, your listeners to give it a try because they could be on the map too. Awesome. They just have to give themselves permission. So we're gonna. Um, I, though we could talk forever and ever in a day, 
And I'll have you come back at another time for this podcast, talk about more about getting on the map. I'm going to end it there because I think that is just perfect. We'll have all the links to Andy's stuff, so much stuff um, in the show notes page. Um, And just thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us all. It's so beneficial and so generous of you. Well, I, I, it's my pleasure, and it's always uh, wonderful to, to have a chance to uh, talk with you, Lee. Thank you. Thanks very much, Andy. Okay, everybody, until next time, I'm Lee Carraher, and this is On the Map. Thank you so much for listening to On the Map. If you're a successful entrepreneur of a company or if you are a a marketing executive who has had success on getting on the map in your industry or your location or among certain different consumers or customers, I would love to talk to you about how you did it, what programs and tactics you use to become known, become famous for what you do, the difference you make for your customers and your clients or your consumers. Um, In order for you to apply, just go over to my website, go.double-forte.com backslash podcast slash guest. And that's a mouthful. It'll be in the show notes. So just go down there and apply. We are publishing on the map all the time with awesome guests who are sharing for from the trenches ideas and success stories that we can all apply in our own businesses. So to get all of the shows and not miss anything, please subscribe. And I so appreciate you if you can also give me a thumbs up or give me a rating. This helps the show be seen. I can't under, you can't underestimate the power of a a thumbs up and I would really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. And now it's time for you to go get on the map.